Hey, eavesdroppers, welcome to Flapping Our Lips. We're just three sisters talking about random things. And we invite you to eavesdrop on today's conversation. So today we're going to talk about trust. What does that actually mean for you, your family, with friends, at work, colleagues, or even strangers on the street? So let's get into it. Well, I talk all, I, I say all the time, I trust people based on my history with you. I won't look at you and say, mm, you don't look like somebody I can trust. It's typically, you've got it, it's yours to lose until you do something that makes me say, mm that is not the person uh, for, for me. Um, now, we had an experience recently where we went to visit uh, uh, some el- uh, some family members. We have an elderly aunt. Her husband recently passed away. She has dementia. She's being cared for by another family member. Uh, but as a result of a, a significant lack of trust, um, uh, you know, just the family was left with not understanding what the finances were, what what preparations were made for the time of their passing. Um, uh, once we even went to visit, couldn't even get in the, the house. So, you know, we realized that you all need to give somebody a key, somebody you trust a key so that if something happens to you, uh, we're not wondering if you all are okay. You know, you know at this point, these uh, family members were over the age of 90 living independently, uh, but someone need, really needed to have access. And, you know, they begrudgingly did it, but they had many years of signs of distrust. And when um, our uncle passed, we realized just how challenging that can be to the family members who have to pick up the pieces once someone is gone, um, when there's such a deep lack of trust um, of, of, of individuals. So, you know, from my perspective, I'm, I'm going to generally trust folks. Not, I don't mean like Joe off the street necessarily, uh, but coworkers, my family, you really have to give me a reason not to trust you. Uh, so I go with history. Yes, correct. Um, I, yeah, I fully agree with that. I go with history. As you said, you're, you have my trust until you don't. Um, and uh, I, I understand in, a, in the world that we currently live in, it's almost like if we are kind of like being trained in, in a way not to trust because you know, there's so many scammers. Every phone call is, you know, who's trying to scam me? Who is that? Because you're getting numbers, you're getting calls from, I guess in, in our brains, we're, or in my brain, we're, you know, we're trained to expect business calls from certain types of numbers and certain types of area codes. And, you know, when you're getting calls from 516, 917, and you're like, what? Those are cell phone numbers. And why is this person calling me? We're almost being trained like, not to trust anyone because someone is out there trying to figure out how to get into your account, steal your money. That's what's on the news all the time. So um, trust nowadays is, is very hard earned and it is yours to keep until you lose it. Um, I recently had a, a situation where um, someone I know was getting these calls and they weren't, they weren't taking the call. And, 
And it was just like continuous every day, every day. And like the calls were coming in from these, what they presumed to be um, cell phone numbers. And I'm like, well, at one point you must at least pick up the call, even if to say, stop calling me. Like, why are you calling me? And it turned out that it was actually a call they needed to take, but they had become so distrustful of answering calls because so many scam calls were coming through. They just automatically assumed it was a scam and they were not answering. And I'm like, answer the phone calls. Ask why they're calling. I had one of those calls recently where I kept getting these calls from something disability and it just kept coming through and I answered the phone and I'm like, why are you calling me? Oh, well, we're not associated with so-and-so, but we got, as I take, your, take my name off your list and lose my number, stop calling me. I didn't ask for this. And um, so I was, I was telling them, I was like, just answer and find out. And then you could tell them, lose your number, get off the phone. But in this society that we're living with all the scams and so on, I think it's becoming harder and harder for people to really trust like that. I would agree. I think um, to a certain point. So history means a lot. Like, okay, maybe you'll get trust from me. I might be given a side eye because, as you said, we're trained. At work, I have 1,000 million reasons not to trust any email that comes in, suspicious email. Yeah, I got all kind of training, cyber, watch your text. Oh my God, is that a link for, I, don't click the link. Don't go over here, watch. I, I actually had a scenario where I was at work. I received a training online from the city's IT department. I reported it as suspicious because it looked low budget. I said, this is suspicious. <laughs> So after IT comes back, they're like, no, this is actually the training. Well, look, y'all need to work on your font and graphics because this looks very low budget. And I was trained not to trust. And I'm not clicking any links. (laughs) Meanwhile, many of my staff who were trained the same way did the same thing. That they had to put out a mass email. This is a real training. (laughs) That's pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So all that to say, um, I think that I am learning to be more distrustful. Now, when you, if you're doing online dating, you want to go into online dating saying, hey, the world is a great place and people have the best intention. But if you look all if I see a picture of someone who's attractive, let's say, and I've seen it online dating, they're attractive, but your voice don't match the photo. Something's not right. So if you look like a white male, let's say middle-aged or 30, 40 years, whatever, 25 years old, but you sound like you're from Ghana, that's a problem (laughs) because you... Something doesn't match, and I would not trust that. So I recently saw in the news a woman who lost her husband. She had um, uh, money from his death and that she was living on, and a, a nice substantial amount of money for her, and she met this guy online. And what winds up happening is she met him online, didn't meet him in person, 
but they started exchanging, maybe talking on the phone, and she winds up giving him $475,000 over the course of some time and was scammed out of her money. But oh she God. was trusting, enamored, whatever, by those conversations. And so what may happen, and it might seem strange that somebody is willing to give that money up, but if you're in a place where you're seeking love, companionship, you feel vulnerable, you've learned to trust this person, you can access them, it potentially can happen. I see it on those 90 Day Fiance shows, one where a lady from Vegas, she was talking to this guy in Africa. She never could find him, never could see him. She was doing all, sending all these pictures. He wouldn't send anything back. Mm, he turned out to be a fraud. So, you know, it's, it, you have to be on high alert. So I don't, there's extremes, right? So our family member, that's an extreme case. These are people that, you know, you know where they live, you know, their phone number, you know, you can reach them. You can, you, you, if they did steal your money, you could send the police right there. One hundred percent. Not somebody over the internet you never met, and so that right. is extreme. And I don't know if that's—I—I I, I just don't know where that stems from. I mean, overall, culturally, the the culture isn't one that um, where our family is from. They don't necessarily disclose. Everything is close to the chest. Nobody want to tell a problem. So that's, that might be just a perversion of that going to like the wildest extreme. And then you have where people are very trusting. And I have had friends who have been in relationships with people, know them, trust them. They ask them for money. They give it willingly and thinking they're lending money. But you just gave money. There's no intent of paying it back. But you were so trusting, believing, and then you move into the next relationship, and guess what? It happens again. And so it's such a hard balance to you try to treat everyone as an individual, but if it continues to happen, and you got to be, you know, put some put some uh, processes in place just to see. Maybe I won't give you ten thousand. Maybe I give you ten dollars. See if you pay it back. Next time I give you ten fifty. Test ten dollars and fifty cents, and move on. <laughs> well, I you know I I agree with you. I think trust is on a spectrum. So I'm gonna trust you as my family members, and if you need something, fine, fine. Now. Co-workers, for example, is a different kind of trust. I'm going to trust that what I ask you to do for work is what you're going to do until you don't. And then I'm like, mm. but am I going to trust you to lend you my car or to to uh, loan you a car payment? Probably not. But if you come to me and say I'm in trouble, I'll say, well, you know, I could give you a hundred bucks and then I'm not going to expect to get that back necessarily. I, cause that's how I'm, you know, I'm just not, we not like that. So I think people have different levels of, of trust on the internet. I trust nothing, absolutely nothing because yep. I believe everybody's a scammer. Um, so, uh, <laughs> You know, it's just, uh, so it's a spectrum. There's no history for me with the internet. I just can't believe anything I see too much. Um, 
uh, you know, people making themselves to be a whole lot more than they actually are. Uh, if I know you, as you said, I know where you live, I can call you, I can come over to your house, then yeah, I'm going to trust that what you say is true until you give me a reason not to. Um, yeah. So that vein and that point, I, I too would trust my uh, staff, you know, at work, you do what you're supposed to do. And then if you're not, if you're sitting at your desk watching TV on your smartphone, then Houston, we have a problem. And don't look at me crazy because I'm pulling you up on it. That, that That's a problem. But what I did recently also see is there is, or there is a person, I can't recall his name, um, out of Philadelphia who recently got convicted federal time for running a cable company where he was pirating the cable services from cable valid cable companies and selling it as his home as his own this guy made money hand over fist he paid 45 million dollars in restitution wow he was supposed to get about 30 years but the good father above he only got five federal time and a good attorney apparently and a good attorney with that good money but he people trusted that this is the, this is what you're doing. Oh, I'm getting this cable service. I'm thinking this is a valid cable service. He posts up on Instagram cars. Every picture is a different car, lifestyle. I mean, he afforded his family a great lifestyle with that money, but it was not true. It wasn't, and he got found out and busted. Well, that sounds very much like, um, uh, my partner was sharing that, I think it was him, that mentioned how there was this guy who worked for a technology company and was basically outsourcing his job to China. Well, that so, was me. Oh, was it you? Yeah. <laughs> where, where the man will come to work every day and watch cat videos and, and do his personal business while he was paying another company in China to actually do his work. And when he turned, then turned to work in as his, has his own for years until they figured him out. how they figure him out, Abe? Um, because uh, similar to um, our sister, it was IT. IT kept, IT saw this strange IP address and they thought that the company was being hacked. And when they did a deeper dive, um, that's how it started to come apart. So it was actually kudos, and he was a coder. And so kudos to his own IT people for um, eventually sussing him out. And this person was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and paying this other company in China like $50,000 a year to do his work for him. And was... And the, and the kicker of it, it was a story I heard on NPR, so I, I trust it. Um, the kicker of it is, is that he was actually showing up, and this is pre-pandemic, so he was actually showing up in the office in appearance, but doing no work. I feel like there's a lot of people like that. They show up and computer screens up and their mind is in outer space. I, I definitely, and I definitely, you know, I saw it must have been on some social media. Maybe it was TikTok. I did see it was 
somebody said, oh, I got, um, when you lie on your resume and get a job as a coder, and he was all sweating because when he got the job, he didn't know how to code. So he was like, you know, like, <laughs> the screen had all types of data on it. <laughs> he was like, what in the world am I going to do next? Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah, so trust is definitely, you know, something I think that initially I think we all want to trust people, but society is slowly teaching us to be more mistrustful. So, um, like we said, trust is yours until it's not. So thanks for eavesdropping with us today. New episodes drop weekly. To share your comments, say hi, recommend topics, or ask for advice, reach us at flapyolips at gmail.com. That's F-L-A-P-Y-O-L-I-P-S at gmail.com.